bless the Lord for the opportunity here tonight. Uh, I'd like to take my text from Psalm 24, verses 3 and 4. But before I read that, I would like to bring you greetings from all the brethren in Norway, particularly Brother Leroy and Sister Victis. They send their greetings. Actually, the message I got today is we wish they were here. So, they've been with us in spirit, even though not in person. So, reading from Psalm 24, verse 3 Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? If we pause there, that's a rhetoric question, isn't it? He's not asking us for names. He's not asking us for any list or anything like that. That question, what God through David was actually putting out there in that question is what are the criteria? What are the conditions for you to come into the heel of the Lord or to come or to stand in this holy place. You know, when we think about God's presence, God's holy place, we can enjoy that while we are here in this world. When you get saved, you have the peace in your heart. Brother Charles told us this morning about the contrast of kingdoms. The kingdom of God, the presence of God, is established in your heart the moment you are saved. That's what brings you there. And then he goes on. If we look at that, it's not just being in God's presence here in this world. That's beautiful. Having heaven being part of the kingdom, here while we're here on earth, is beautiful. Having the kingdom of God in our heart while we are here is beautiful. It gives us a peaceful life. It gives us a fulfilling life. It gives us a life that we can come to the end and look back and say, the Lord has saved me from so much troubles. But you know, the most important part is for us to be in God's presence in eternity. That is the most important part. You know what? If, if the Bible actually says that if one lives a reckless life as a sinner, all through his life, if at the last point, that person turns to God and asks for forgiveness and receives salvation, you know that person will come to God's presence. But if somebody had enjoyed God's presence in this world, and it comes to the last point, for whatever reason, and turn back. That person loses out completely from being in God's presence for eternity. So that's why I said, it's beautiful, it's wonderful to be in God's presence while we are here. To live in God's presence while we are here. To have the kingdom of God in our hearts while we are here. But you know what? It is more important to be in God's presence in eternity. You know, I look at this text, it's nothing more than entry criteria. 
We all know about entry criteria or requirement in the last two years more than ever before. You know, even though I was still in the U.S. in February, my wife and myself had to check and double check before we go on the plane to come to the U.S. for this trip. In fact, I had to call the airline again to say, I just want to make sure that nothing is going to prevent me from getting in. You think about that. I think about a well-known sports personality, well-known all over the world, one of the best in his sport, traveled to a particular country to take part in the sports that, for which he's one of the best in the world. Guess what? He was denied entry because he did not meet the entry requirements. So that is important that we all want to check God's entry requirements so that we can be into, we can be admitted into his kingdom. Verse 4 says, He that are clean hands. Clean hands. That's what salvation gives us. He wipes the slate clean. So that is the foundation for you to get in there. You must have clean hands. And that's what Paul was saying, that some men's sins are opened beforehand, going before them unto judgment. They have released the sins. They have sent the sins forth. So if you are here tonight, and you still have your sins, still haunting you, still hanging on to you, let them go tonight. The Lord will make your hands clean. You know, Proverbs 28, 13 says that he that covereth his sins shall not prosper. But whosoever confesseth and forsaketh them will have mercy. The Lord will have mercy. The Lord wants to give us a clean hand. Then he goes on. He says that person must have a pure heart. That's what sanctification gives us. He gives us a pure heart. We've heard a lot about that in this camp meeting. But it's important that our hearts are pure. It's very important because out of it are the issues of life. You know, when I think about this particular text again, when you start looking in verse 4, he said, He that had not lifted up his soul unto vanity. We heard a lot about that this morning. You know, in fact, as, as Brother Charles was doing that teaching this morning, I started questioning myself to say, okay, Lord, uh, did I actually hear well? <laughs> Have I actually followed your instruction here? I've got it wrong. But, you know, it's important for us to mind where we keep our focus. We cannot expect to come into God's presence at the end of our journey here if all our focus is on the things of this world. You know what Solomon said? He said, he looked at all the work he had done. Solomon was, I still believe, is considered the wealthiest that has ever lived. And he said, oh, he looked at all the things he had achieved, all the things he had done, all the pleasures, all the money, all the, you know, everything. He said it was vanity vexation of spirit. You know, these things that we are pursuing, these things that we are focusing on, I love what, uh, what Peter said about it. He said, well, the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in that which the heavens shall pass away 
with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, the earth also, and the works that are therein shall be burned up. It's a scene there that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of person ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? You know, degrees, letters, mansions have been privileged to travel a little bit to see a few beautiful cities in the world and a few you know, beautiful houses and mansions. And you think about that, say, all these, they are reserved for fire. That car, I just must have that car. I just must, you know, drive this car or live in this house or do this or do that or obtain that certificate or, you know, whatever it is. They are all reserved for fire. And the day that any of us says, you don't remember any of those things anymore. They are of no value. At that point, it's only eternity. At that point, it is, are we ready to come into God's presence or not? Unfortunately, it will be too late at that point in time. So when you think about all that, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it's young people, I'm not saying don't pursue your career. I'm pursuing mine, and I'm praising God for that. You know, I'm not saying don't pursue your academic. I've, I've pursued and I'm still pursuing them. I'm still studying hard. But do not let that take preeminence. Make what is primary, primary. The salvation of your soul. And the preparation to meet God in eternity. That is the most important thing. That's what Jesus said when he says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He said, All these other things, they are additional. Either the Lord gives them to us or he doesn't. It's immaterial. Because they end here, they take us nowhere. And then he goes on to say, Nor sworn deceitfully. Sworn deceitfully. We need to be honest. We heard a lot about that today, about the kingdom of this world. How so the wisdom of this world is deceitful. The wisdom of this world. We say, I, I, I think Brother Charles put it actually this morning. He said, we're not asking you to lie. We're only asking you to apply wisdom. And then he said, ask yourself aloud, which wisdom is that? Is it the wisdom from above? Or the wisdom from beneath. We want to make sure that we do not get caught up in saying things that are not right. Those that will come to God's presence are those that their yes is yes. Say yes this morning. Let somebody come and check it out in five years' time. Let your yes still be yes. Say no today. 
no matter the circumstance, let somebody come else come to check in five years' time, it's still no. Integrity. That's what that's about. And as I think about that, I cannot but, you know, go to Psalm 15, where this same list is also still there. Because when you look at, compare Psalm 24, verses 3 and 4, with Psalm 15, you will see that they are actually like continuation. Because the first verse in Psalm 15 says, Who shall abide in thy tabernacle, and who shall dwell in thy holy hill? The same rhetoric question. And then he goes on to say, He that walketh uprightly, walking uprightly, you know, after you're saved, you do not then start walking crookedly. You walk uprightly. You walk with the Lord. You take your stand with God. Whatever the Lord wants, that's what you will do. You know, salvation will require cutting off from certain things. I should think about when I got saved. How was it? How was the political? Uh, you know, having to be career politician before I got saved. But when the Lord saved me, and I turned away from him, still while I was on the university campus, or college, as we call it in America, I had people come physically drag me down from the church bus, saying, this is the last person that can actually get saved, because they knew I was a troublemaker. But I thank God. Several years has gone past since then. He said, he that speaks, you know, if you go on from verse 1 to 5, time will fail us, but we can read all that. He talks about not speaking evil of any man. Not making heal of other people's matter. He said, we must, we must value men of virtue and devotion to God. You know, when you want to put people on pedestal, young men, when you are looking for role models... I think we've seen that sportsmen have failed us, haven't they? A lot of the celebrities, as we heard this morning, have failed us, haven't they? But we thank God that we can look up to people of God. People that put God first. People that we can see their devotion of their lives to God. And people that we are sure that they are going to heaven. And we can look and say, I definitely want to pattern my life after this. You know, we look at, you know, that person that will come into God's presence is the person that make promises. Even when that promise is hurting him or her, they will not change. You want to keep your promise. I think the word in there is, he that sweareth to his own heart and changeth not. You know, you can make a promise and you realize that this isn't going to favor me. Well, the wisdom of this world is for you to say, I've changed my mind. I'm not doing that anymore. But that's not the wisdom of God. You've said it. You stand by it. That is integrity. You want to spend eternity with God? 
keep your Christian integrity. And the Lord will help you. You know, I think about verse 5 when it thinks about not increasing our own estate with extortion or bribery. I mean, it shouldn't be named among Christians. It shouldn't. Are we trying to gain material wealth at all costs? Because at the end of the day, what are they all reserved for? Fire. None of us have yet to see a man that can sleep on two beds at the same time. Or sleep in two rooms at the same time. So why? Is the devil using these things to deceive a lot of people, to rob them of meeting God's entry criteria? You know, this is not an exhaustive list. The list goes on. But thank God, God has not left you and me in the dark. He has given us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is here so that we do not struggle through finding out how do I meet this entry criteria. Because as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. The Holy Spirit is here to lead us. The question is, are you and I to listen and to follow. You know, when I think about this entry criteria, I think about it's very easy if it's human for us to, you know, plead our way. Depending on the mood of that person, they might let you go. You can actually hide the truth because that human being will not know. They cannot see beyond whatever you've given to that individual. But it's not with God. When I think about the way God will access all of us, I think about Hebrews 4.13. It says, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open Unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Whatever it is, it's very easy for human to miss the mark. But with God, he never misses the mark. So he sees you inside and outside. Sanctified. Don't 
your sanctification. If you are looking unto God for power for service, the fire will fall. Just surrender everything to Him. Maybe you even have all your Christian experiences and you are wondering. I think someone testified, I can't remember, maybe it was a today or yesterday or recently about not sh- being sure if you are going to heaven or not. My favorite scripture for praying many times is Psalm 139 verses 23 and 24. I always love to start my prayers with that. It says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Do you need the Lord to search you tonight? The Spirit of God is here, and He can search all of us out, just to make sure that we are all qualified to make the entry requirement when the Lord will come, and when He will take us home. The altar is open, closing song is 52.